Hey there, my name is Joe Martin. I'm pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. Thanks for taking a couple minutes to listen to this weekend, uh, this weekend message. I want to talk to you about living in the abundant mercy of Christ. This is out of Luke chapter 9. We've all heard it in our culture, and I, I, it's hard to, we, we operate this way, that you made your bed, now lay in it. Or things like are said over and over again, what goes round comes round, or taken out of context, you reap what you sow. But aren't you glad, I know I am, for God's mercy for us when we're misguided, ignorant, irresponsible, and just wrong. So many times in my life and so many actions and words and sometimes statements have been when I was just misguided, irresponsible, ignorant, or wrong. You know, the great news is is that Jesus taught that God is merciful toward us. You know, we are to be merciful toward each other, too. That's why he says in Luke 6.35, Love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, for you will be sons of your most, the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Oh, I'm glad for that. Aren't you? We, we see in Luke 9.10, it says, When the apostles returned, they gave an account to him of what they had done. And t- taking, them, um, taking them with him, he withdrew himself to the city called Bethsaida. And now he's going to have this conversation. And we see with Jesus some lessons he begins to teach them. First lesson is, by what he does, is the lesson of hospitality over people's irresponsibility. Jesus practices hospitality for ignorant people and unprepared people. Luke 9:11 it says the crowds were aware of this and they followed him. And what did Jesus do? Did he tell them, "Look, folks, we don't have anything out here to handle this crowd." He says to them, he he's welcoming them. And he began speaking to them about the kingdom of God and curing those who had need of healing. Now Luke uses the word welcoming, uh, where the other gospels use the term, and he had compassion for them. You see, hospitality could include compassion, but it's a clear command for Christians, for people like you and me, to have open hearts and open lives. A clear command for Christians to show hospitality. And Jesus did more than just feel compassion. He always was moved with compassion. It's, a, it's basic to hospitality to, to feed people. We tease a lot about potlucks and, and people, all the food that people like to have. But it's a big part of our culture and our lives. It's about sharing a meal. I will sit down and dine with them and they with me. So... But what about people who are unprepared, who can't get their life together, who are irresponsible? That person, that person who is on the edge or the fringe, or they're living on the on the street. Well, hospitality sees the need without judgment, 
and welcomes with love and acceptance. Maybe food, maybe shelter. And in this way, Jesus shows himself out to be the Good Samaritan, the picture of that Good Samaritan. He's always your and my Good Samaritan. You and I, we're alone on a dangerous road and we're attacked and we're beaten and we're left for dead. And Jesus comes along and comes down from his place and he puts us up in his place. He raises us up. He heals us and he carries us to safety and he pays our fare. He puts your, he puts your, he pays your way until what? One day he comes back. It's a beautiful picture that we see everywhere. Jesus and everything he did showed this life of compassion, of mercy, of hospitality, of an open life. Luke nine twelve said, Now the, days, the day was ending, and the twelve came and said, Send the crowd away. They may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get something to eat, for they're in a desolate place. It makes sense. These people should have thought about food. They shouldn't have just come out. There are 5,000 of them with their wives and kids, and, and it's an incredible crowd. But we do similar things. We think, look at that guy. He needs to get a job. Look at that person who's been super foolish. Now I'm not going to bail him out. But Jesus took a different approach. He said to them, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And they said, well, we have no more than five loaves and two fishes unless perhaps we go and buy food for all these people. And Jesus, we see something about Jesus that is different from the common sense of his disciples. It was provision over resources. To our eyes, there are always more needs than resources. We have to tighten things down. This is true in the gospel, too, with those early disciples. John 6, 7 says, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. For everyone to receive even a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are these among so many people? That was the reality. That's not dishonest. It's just the way we tend to see things. We see we see the lack of resources. Jesus saw provision. He considered provision. Luke nine fourteen says there were about five thousand men, and he said to his disciples, Have them sit down and eat in groups of about fifty each. And they did so and he had them sit all sit down and then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking to heaven he blessed them and broke them and kept giving them to the disciples to set before them. They probably didn't really even know what was going on, but he just kept breaking that bread, holding it up in praise. It was a miracle. And that brings me to the other thing. We see in Jesus' action the idea of looking to provision, trusting for provision. But the second thing is satisfaction. Aiming at satisfaction over rationing. You know, God is never stingy with us. And they ate and were satisfied, it says. And the broken pieces which they had left over were picked up, 12 baskets full. Jesus was demonstrating there is no shortage with God. God is not stingy, ever. 
as you trust him, he will satisfy. This is what Paul operated out of. And we have to operate out of a spirit of abundance. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Paul said this to people who didn't have very much at all. But he said, now I say, he, he didn't want them to miss out operating out of a spirit of abundance. Now, I, this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has proposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This isn't like being pressured or stressed to operate out of a spirit of abundance, of abundance, you see, of a God-given abundance. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. You're going to have enough to do what God wants you to do. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything, For all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. And of course, he's talking about the entire life of giving out of your life, out of a spirit of abundance, not hoarding, not scarcity. The interesting thing about the story that at the end, every apostle had a a basket of leftovers. From nothing, almost nothing, to a basket. God has no shortage But he may want to use your abundance to bring sufficiency to others that have less. We see that Jesus operates even out of a tremendous amount of mercy and patience and kindness, even toward people who you and I could easily be judgmental toward. They should have it together by now. But that's the lesson we see. I really hope that you'll consider this and you will pray in this way and ask us to pray for you. Pray I will trust in God's mercy and grace. Pray I will show patience and grace toward others, especially those who are misguided and irresponsible. And then pray I'll give out of a spirit of abundance. I'll pray that you do that too. And I'm looking forward to you responding to this and and letting me know how you can begin to operate from this aspect that God will take care of you. He will.